0: Hey folks, I am back with another 5-Minute Friday, and today's topic is honing product judgment, which I've um, dabbled in a little bit before uh, on on the newsletter side of the house, uh, but we'll try it in audio format today. And uh, I was reading some quotes this morning. I have a, a set of bookmarks of my favorite quotes, and I actually am going to try to weave those into the conversation today, just because. So let's start with product judgment. I think the first place to start is actually having a point of view. Uh, A lot of folks don't realize that product instinct and product judgment actually is more about the position you take and the point of view you have on the market and the user than anything else. It's actually how you differentiate yourself. It's not your features or sort of the capabilities you offer but rather the very profound opinion and insight you have that makes you view the market a different way. And that's actually the essence of all of your strategic decisions that you make thereafter. So one of my favorite quotes around this is from Dan Whedon, who um, I guess is famous for coming up with the Nike quote, just do it. But the, the quote of his that I love is, I can't teach you to have a voice. You either have something to say or you don't. So the first lesson of product judgment is that you actually have taken the time to form a point of view and are ready to share it or you're not. So where does that lead us? The the second thing I want to highlight is uh, I'm using the word judgment purposefully. I used to call it product instinct and I've actually backed off that, that label. And this is why. Instinct makes it sound like a magical superpower. Like some people have it and some people don't. You're either the chosen few with the vision or you're not. And I actually don't think it works that way. Most people who we think as instinctual around product are actually observers of human behavior, of market trends, of society evolving. And they apply that observation into what we end up calling instinct. But it is essentially judgment. And it is honed over time through deep observation. And so the quote that I love here is uh, Charles Eames, the guy behind a lot of famous chairs, was once asked if he designed his chair in a flash of brilliance. And he said, yes, it was a flash of inspiration, a kind of 30-year flash. I love that quote because it actually reminds you that even some of the most successful people, and he was a very successful designer, actually have to work every day And those insights and those observations compound, sometimes over 30 years, to actually result in a product. And so that's why I actually prefer the term product judgment versus product instinct, because it can be wrong, and it can be uneven, and it can actually be honed over time. So what's the next lesson? The next lesson is sometimes we over-index on the brilliant insight versus focusing on how the person arrived at the insight. So one of my favorite quotes here is from Jacob Rees uh, who says, When nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not the blow that did it, but all the blows that had gone before. What he's basically explaining here it, with the stonecutter analogy is the idea of 1% everyday compounding. And that idea of a learning journey really resonates with me because we're so over-indexed on the vision that people have without realizing all of the, the ideation and observation and hypothesis forming that actually went into the vision. So how do you actually find, uh, come up with your own vision? How do you actually do that 1% everyday type of work? most people with clear product vision actually think at the level of abstraction beyond what other people see. For example, they can visualize the whole end-to-end flow or the core user journey, or they think in terms of workflows versus individual user clicks. But what they've really done is observe all the little clicks and moves and drags and drops and visualize the problem that the person was trying to solve. And so they can see down to the one foot detail but they can abstract it up to a 1000 foot view. And that's what we call vision, is the ability to actually observe and reconstruct user insight in a more appealing way. So what are some of these techniques for actually understanding user behavior? Well, there's things you could do at the micro level, like actually talk to users and observe them in their native environment. There are macro things you can do, like actually observe the market and the trends that are taking place. You can use data. You can sift through it to identify leading and lagging indicators and to come up with hypotheses that you actually test out through product changes. You can apply frameworks and mental models to actually make sense of everything you're seeing because it's hard to reason about. And readers of the newsletter know I love frameworks. And so things like growth loops are one way to reason about this. And then finally, and the most simplest one for most of us is to actually use the product to start to build empathy for the person who has to use the product in the wild and to actually identify different routes to explore on this learning journey. So just to recap, in terms of honing product instinct, the things I wanna highlight are one, it's important to have a point of view. Two, there's a misnomer that a refined point of view is instinctual. Three, we tend to over-index on the key insight versus actually taking the time to understand four, which is the user behavior observation is the foundation of all these key insights. And then five, there are actually techniques out there at your disposal to observe and understand user behavior and to come up with your own product judgments. So with that, I'll wrap it up for this week. Looking forward to talking to everybody again next week with another five minute Friday.